All right, so we are going to continue our studies through the New Testament, and we're simply going in order through the entire New Testament. We've been in the Gospels, and we have reached the point here this evening where we have gotten up to the resurrection uh, of, of our Lord. And so that's what we're going to be starting this, this evening. Let's, let's pray as we resume. Oh, Father, uh, it's a nice and thankful, grateful thing that <clears throat> we can gather and have some fellowship with you and your people uh, in the middle of the week, Lord. And we see your face in the faces of our brothers and sisters. And we're so grateful, Lord, we're so grateful for this, uh, that you've made us one by redeeming us. Uh, with your son's blood, and uh, we we are excited to uh, study this part of your history, your resurrection, the second most uh, grand event in the history of our human race. We thank you that you've led us to understand it and believe it, and our hope, Lord, our hope is uh, rose up out of the grave when the Lord Jesus rose up, and we pray that you would help us, Lord. <coughs> have that hope that sees the unseen things. Father, we confess that when we go astray in our hearts and our minds and our obedience, many times it's because we're not, we're not seeing the unseen things. So forgive us for those things, Lord, and may we experience the power of your Son's resurrection. And we know that it's the foundation for our resurrection, since he's joined himself to us. Lord, these are good things. Make us thankful. Lord, we continue to pray for Bill Carson, that you give endurance and healing. Uh, same for Frida, Lord. Uh, and we thank you for your mercies. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, we're beginning the resurrection tonight, and as I got highlighted here in my outline, tonight we're probably, we're going to focus mostly just on uh, the historical details of getting through that Sunday. From early in the morning till late that Sunday evening, there's a whole lot of people going back and forth, <laughs> and so we're going to just focus on getting those historical things down, and uh, I got that highlighted on my outline, and then we'll go back and discuss all, all of these individual subjects having to do with the resurrection. You know, who is the young man in which garments, in the white garments, on the, <laughs> in the, you know, who's a, who's a young man in white garments, my typo there, in the tomb, and the angel's instructions to the women, and there's a number of sub-subjects all the way through here. So we're going to blast over those verses tonight as we're trying to get the chronology all. But we'll come back to those interesting uh, things that way. So uh, we're going to start there on page 235. And um, once an engineer, always an engineer. <laughs> I got a fellow engineer in the room here. <laughs> we can relate. So uh, I do have a diagram that maybe will help us. Honestly, I had to create it for myself um, to understand all the moving parts uh, regarding that Sunday. So your questions and comments are always welcome. We do pass this microphone around because we've got a bunch of people that listen to this. Not a bunch, but 20 or 30 people who listen to this online, either live or throughout the week. So... Um, okay, well, all four Gospels contain an account of the resurrection and the testimonies of numerous witnesses uh, to different aspects of this event. And so I'm going to summarize here all four. I'm going to try to do all four of these together uh, as we reconstruct the events of that first Easter, if we use that term, especially from Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, to late 
Sunday evening when Jesus appears to with his disciples late Sunday evening in that locked room. Now, you probably realize it if you've read the Gospels enough uh, that the authors don't make any attempt to harmonize their accounts with one another. It's another one of those examples that's very clear. We have four source documents. We have four separate documents from four separate authors that have done their own research and, the, and, and they themselves are witnesses. Three of them, I believe, are witnesses. And that's what we have. So, so it's not gonna, it's not gonna fit together artificially like, you know, a hand in a glove. And that's not saying that the scriptures aren't inerrant and so forth. It's, it's, it's a witness to the historic reality of these documents as, as historical documents. And there's one or two places, one in particular that I don't, I don't know how to solve. Uh, <clears throat> that we'll, we'll run into this evening uh, on these documents. So uh, here's how things unfolded. Um, you know what? I don't have two screens. <laughs> we'll flip back and forth. Sabbath ended on Saturday night. Mark 16, 1 is where we will we will begin. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, that would be Saturday, Jesus was crucified and buried on Friday. The Sabbath is the next day when it was passed. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. The, the burial was done in haste because they had to have this done before the Sabbath. And so they must have talked among themselves that Jesus' burial really wasn't completed the way they wanted it completed. And these ladies are going to finish the job uh, on Sunday Sunday morning. And they bought spices. They probably bought those spices on Saturday night after sunset because it's unlikely that they could buy those things that early on Sunday morning. They were actually heading to the tomb at sunrise, and they may have even left uh, before sunrise on their way to the tomb. So that's what's happening there. Uh, Now, at least three women, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, and likely also Joanna, and maybe some others, which we don't know, head to the tomb very early Sunday morning. And uh, John says in John 20, verse 1, it was still dark. But Mark 16, 2 says they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. Well, it's likely that when they left the city, perhaps it was still dark. Upon arrival at the tomb, the sun was just rising uh, is probably what's going on. And uh, John also mentions Mary Magdalene, but the we in her statement to Peter and John indicates that she was not alone. Let's, let's uh, look at, think about this just for a minute. If you look at this little chart, we got the city over here and the tomb over on the right. And chronologically we go fairly chronologically from the top down of all the people involved. So on our notes, these little red numbers line up with your paragraphs on the notes. So uh, we're at note number two here is where we have Mary Magdalene Salome, Mary, J- Mary James's mother, and likely Johanna are heading out right around sunrise, and they're leaving the city, and they're heading to the tomb. Uh, and so Luke mentions um, John, you see, only talks about Mary on this, on this trip. He only mentions Mary, and we can see that here. Now, on the first day of the week, i got to fly up here. On the first day of the week, um, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been rolled away. 
So there's discussion whether those women all went together or whether Mary actually went on her own. Um, but it's not unusual that the gospel writers don't name everybody at the scene. And we saw that with uh, Joseph of Arimathea. We had no idea Nicodemus was on the scene, but when we read Luke, we find out that Nicodemus was on the scene. When we read John, we only hear about Joseph. I tend to think they went together. I think it would be very unusual for a woman in the dark to go out on her own in the morning like that. And they bought the spices together. You see, they're all involved regarding the, the spices. Mark 16.1, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. So this is a endeavor of the three of them together. So I, I tend to think they, they were all together. And John is just mentioning Mary Magdalene. He has a special focus on her. So let's see, where are we? We're, uh, let's look at Luke 24.1. What does he say about that? Now Luke doesn't mention the names. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb. And you try to back up and say, well, who's the they? Um, it's still a they. <laughs> and, and you get disappointed because you, you find out that they is women from Galilee. Okay, so that's as specific, as specific as we can get with Luke until later. And the woman who had come with him from Galilee followed. Okay, so... But Luke has them going out very early in the morning on the first day of the week, uh, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. So let's see. I think we've... Okay, so the diagram, I've kind of already explained that to you. Maybe a few other things on the diagram. What do you think J means? Jesus, <laughs> okay. Uh, J is when someone, when Jesus appears to someone. A, who else? Angel, okay? So A is appearance, someone, an angel appears to someone, J is Jesus, and here we have angels and Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene. So uh, that's basically uh, all that it means. And the red numbers relate to the paragraphs in the notes. And we had, there, there were two meetings of them gathering together one, ha one occurred during the day, and another occurred later in the evening. And they're kind of central in understanding what all is going on. And uh, so over here we also have the road to Emmaus, because we know there's two disciples that left the city and went to, uh, went to Emmaus, and Jesus appeared to them. And so that's, okay, that's plenty. Uh, all right, so number three here on, on uh, <clears throat> our notes, mentioned only in Matthew that there was an earthquake caused by an angel that must have occurred right at sunrise or even before sunrise because they get there around sunrise and the stone is already removed from the tomb. So only Matthew uh, gives us the account of that in 28 uh, verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. <laughs> okay, that's kind of cool. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I wish I could have seen that. Uh, I guess angels need to sit down too sometimes. <laughs> oh, this fly is Beelzebub, right? You know what that means? Lord of the, Lord of the flies. <laughs> Why? Because death and maggots come out of dead bodies and make these flies. Oh, I didn't know that. Thanks for that extra information, Brian. That, you know, I had dinner just a little while ago. <laughs> so, well, we've got uh, we've got one fly that that is interested in me. Uh, okay, so only Matthew covers this: how the stone actually got uh, rolled away. Uh, from the tomb, and his countenance was like lightning, 
and his clothing as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Uh, they passed out. Uh, <clears throat> but the angel answered and said to the women, we might as well read this through, so uh, they didn't pass out, so there's some time between, because when the women arrived, they noticed the stone was already removed. So the women didn't experience the earthquake. Uh, uh, they didn't experience that. But the angel obviously is still there. Um, okay, so, but the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. All right, that's Matthew's account. Now we need to back up and pick up a few other details. And so, when the women arrive at the tomb, they notice the stone is already rolled away. And at this point, Mary Magdalene assumes the worst that they, likely referring to the enemies of Jesus, have robbed the grave, and she begins running back toward the city to inform Peter and John. So let's take a look at that. Uh, we don't get all that detail from Matthew, but we certainly do get it from uh, Luke and Mark. So in Luke here, they were wondering how the stone would be rolled away. Mark says that says the ladies were wondering who will remove who will remove the stone for us it's right there and they said among themselves mark chapter 16 who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us but when they looked up they saw that the stone had been rolled away for it was very large so they didn't witness the earthquake. When they arrive on the scene, you know, they're wondering who's going to move this stone, and they notice it's already rolled away. Now, Luke here, uh, <clears throat> okay, so the, they found the stone was rolled away from the tomb, and they went in. I don't want to do that yet. Let's go over to John. John gives us the details on Mary Magdalene. Okay. So, and they saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Okay. She's, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark, and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Okay. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter. Okay. She doesn't go in the tomb. She doesn't even look in the tomb. And what does she tell Peter? They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So, um, let's look at the diagram for a second. What happens here is, the, uh, the purple here is Mary Magdalene, okay? <laughs> uh, keeping track of her. Uh, so what happens here, they're all, they're all going there, and once she sees the stone is rolled away, she, does, she begins running back to tell Peter. And that's what's here on number four. She heads back to the city, but the other ladies actually look into the tomb and have this interaction with the angels. Okay. So we're going to look at that. Uh, we'll look at that right now. So uh, Luke 20... Luke 24, uh, verse 2. Okay, so Mary Magdalene's on her way back to the city. Then they, the other ladies, went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Okay, this is very early in the morning now. They got there right around sunset, right sunrise, and they go into the tomb, uh, 
and they're perplexed, and the two angels appear. Now, whether this is the same angel that rolled the stone away, we don't know. Um, so they appear in shining garments. So these are really angels. And it seems that the face like lightning and the shining garments seem to be a tip. This is really an angel. And, and that's why I'm, I'm planting seeds for who is this young man in the white robe. He's not shining like these angels. I'm, just, I'm, I'm laying the groundwork for when we get to trying to figure out who this other guy is. Uh, but these are angels, and they've got shiny garments to prove it. Uh, then as they, the women, were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. That's just a wonderful moment. The lady's like, oh, he did say that. They remembered it. The ladies are the heroes here in the morning. Okay, guys, we didn't do too well. The men don't do too well here on Sunday morning of the resurrection. The ladies, the ladies come through. Uh, they, they, they remembered that. Uh, now they had the aid of seeing the angel. That's true. That might have helped them some. They, they got to see the angels. So, but they, they remembered that. Now, that's Luke's account. Now, Mark, uh, Mark 16, uh, where is it? Mark is 16, 4 through 8. Let's back up here. And we'll return to this later. But, but when they looked up, they saw the stone had been taken away. And entering the tomb, they saw a, a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side. We'll return to this passage later, but this is all their, this is their first encounter at the tomb with these ladies. Uh, and they were alarmed. It doesn't say they were afraid. They were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples, and Peter, that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So, uh, and in Matthew 25, Matthew 28.5. Here we have one angel, but the angel, let's back up. Okay, yeah, there, there's obviously a time break between verses 4 and 5 here. The guards shook, and the guards pass out, and a lady, by the time the ladies show up, I don't know where the guards are when the ladies show up. No, uh, because, that sidetrack. But the angel answered and said to the woman, this is Matthew's account, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. That kind of sounds like the young man a little bit. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Now, did anybody first see him in Galilee? <laughs> no, because none of them followed these instructions. We're going to see that as the day unfolds. None of them actually go to Galilee, and so Jesus kind of actually kind of rounds them up, and I really do think that's what Jesus is doing, and that's why Jesus went out in the road, the road to Emmaus and rounded those two guys up and got them to come back. And uh, so anyways, it's the angels and whoever this uh, man is, and then Jesus himself, all say, you're going to see me in Galilee. So where are we now on our chart? We are right here now. Mary Magdalene's on her way back to the city. 
the other ladies have had these interactions with the angels and the young man, and now they are going to start heading back toward the city to give people the good news. Okay, so we're at, like we're at number number five here. Okay, uh, we're pretty much done with. Are we done with number five? No, we're not. Okay, so no, no, we're not done with number five. So okay, so they they as James is as James' mother Mary and Salome, maybe Joanna. We'll pick that name up in a bit. As they continue to the city to find the disciples, they encounter Jesus. And he tells them, rejoice, they bow down and worship him. And he tells them to tell his disciples that he will meet them in Galilee. Now, James's mother and Salome, oh yeah, I see why I have this here. James's mother, Mary, a Mary, and Salome are the first witnesses of the risen Christ. If you consider the Gospel of Mark ends at Mark 16, verse 8. Okay, this is going to get a little bit, just a little bit technical. But as you can, as you can see here, it looks like these ladies are the first witnesses. Jesus is going to appear to them as they are on their way back to the city. They come across Jesus. And so they're, they're the first witnesses. Let's, let's read that actually first their encounter with Jesus. Uh, and that's going to be Matthew 28, 9 through 10. Uh, Matthew 28, right there. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Okay. So there the, all of this shows them as being the first witnesses. And our only difficulty with that is, is Mark chapter 16 and verse 8. Okay, so when we get to Mark 16, um, let's back up a little bit. Uh, This is a young man at the tomb. Go tell his disciples. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Verse 8. Now verse 9, now when he rose early on the first day, you can see there's a break here, because he already wrote up here, Mark starts out up here, now when the Sabbath was passed, and so forth, and they came in the morning on the first day of the week, and, and all of this. All I'm saying here now about our current matter is, verse 9 says, Now when he, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. So that's, that's the conflict. Um, and... A lot of that's going to hinge on the textual criticism issue of the latter the ending of the Gospel of Mark, whether uh, whether nine to the end is autographic text or and was it really in the original? Uh, we've discussed that a few times already in our class, so I'm 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 going with the other ladies as being as uh, as being the first uh, the first witness. So, but. <clears throat> Um, I wanted us all to understand that. Um, now, you know, you can try to reconstruct this to where Mar- Mary Magdalene goes by herself first. But and then, but she doesn't stay at the tomb, so you've got to get a whole bunch of things done before the other ladies show up. 
if if you try to do that, um, and and it it, ju- it just doesn't seem to work if if you actually try to put Mary up there first, and she doesn't go in the tomb, she goes back, and now and 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 now the ladies come, um, so. Uh, I, I haven't made any promises to make this all fit together like hand, hand in glove. Yeah, she she's uh, she's made a, a number a number of trips. Um, so okay, all right. So now they have an encounter with Jesus uh, on their way back, and he tells them the same thing that the angels told them. And the same thing that the young man told them, go into Galilee, there you will see me. Uh, And so they're going to bring this message back. All right, so we're at number number six on the outline here. So while they're going, uh, Matthew alone tells us this about the, the guard again. He told us about them passing out and the earthquake. And so while they are going, the guard that was placed to guard the tomb that was overcome by the angel and the earthquake, they report to the chief priests and the elders. That's Matthew 28, 11. Um, Now, while they were going, that is the ladies after seeing Jesus, while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all things that had happened. We'll go over, we'll, we'll return to this later. Okay, so the guards now are heading also into the city while the ladies are heading into the city. And Mary Magdalene is ahead of the ladies, okay, because she didn't hang out to go into the tomb and that. So Mary Magdalene is on her way to the city she's had. Um, <clears throat> and somewhere while these ladies are going, the guard is also on their way into the city. Uh, so, okay, we're at number seven. Uh, yeah, number seven. So, meanwhile, Mary Magdalene reaches Peter and John and informs them of what she's seen. And this is in back to John chapter one, twenty, twenty verses one. So then she ran. This is Mary Magdalene. She ran, came to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. And said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. A lot of discussion about that we. Uh, that can be used to say Mary didn't go on her own. <laughs> okay, the we is a plural. Um, uh, I think maybe, I think it tends to be that. Or it could mean we, the community. You know, she, she, Mary, plus those other ladies and the, and the disciples, they're a community. And she could be saying, we, nobody among us in our community, know where they have taken them. I mean, it's not a big deal, but um, if she's talking about herself plus those other ladies that went there and witnessed it, that sometimes is used for evidence of that. So... But she, obviously at this point, has not seen Jesus. So if she's going to get all this done before the others, she's got to come all the way back. She's got to go to Peter and John, come all the way back, and see Jesus before the others show up. So that's why I don't... I, it doesn't work. And, and so that section of Mark probably was added later. Um, don't stone me if you're a Texas receptus person, okay? Uh, um, so, uh, there you have it. I never, I try not to leave any stones unturned in this, in this class for us to understand our New Testaments. We can't understand our New Testaments too, too well. You just can't. So, and I'm glad I have an audience. That's just wonderful to come here on Wednesday night and be able to uh, do this. <laughs> um, so, um, okay, so uh, Mary reaches Peter, uh, Simon Peter, and, and, and John, and so uh, 
Uh, let me get back into my notes there. So they, they take off. Okay, so um, Peter therefore went out and the other disciple were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb. We won't do it tonight. We'll return to this. I got to have some humor about interpretations as to what this means that 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 John outran Peter. The the, the significance of this. I want I want to just show you what I sh- I don't. Want, I'm not blasting the the ancient church. Forgive me. I, I'm not blasting the ancient church. But I want to give you an example of what real allegorizing looks like, because some of us who believe in topology. There's a lot of topology in the Old Testament, and it's important to do topology right. But we are accused at times of allegorizing like the early church. Well, I'll give you some examples of the allegorizing like the early church. And those of us that work with topology are not allegorizing. And there's just some interesting things here about John outrunning Peter on, on, on the way uh, on the way to the tomb. So, looking back at our our, our little schematic here. So, uh, so while while Salome and Johanna they're heading back to the city, they see Jesus. Mary, Mary, who I'm assuming Mary got there before they got there, and Mary has already tipped off Peter and John. And Peter and John start running, running toward the tomb. And Mary's following right, and you see Mary here following the purple. <laughs> Mary shows up here, and Mary's on her way back, <laughs> but she's going slow now. She's not running. She's devastated and sobbing. And she though is on her way back because she's going to have another interaction at the tomb. So, um, so Mary's on her way back, and the other ladies are coming back into the city. So let's see, where are we? We're probably on number eight. Yeah, number eight is this, is this line right here. Is Mary, uh, Mary, Mary Magdalene also heads back to the tomb, but not running any, and <clears throat> anymore and is overwhelmed with grief. Uh, we know she returned, we know she returned to the tomb because she's going to see Jesus there. So we know she has returned to the tomb. Um, that's very, you know, and she had to she had to return to the city to tip Peter and John off, correct? So, and she encounters Jesus at the tomb. So she has, she yeah, she has. Re- yeah, it, that well, that's really solid in the account. She did return to the tomb. Um, so Peter and John must have reached the tomb and returned before Mary got there a second time. Because what's interesting here is Peter and John, we're going to see, they go there, but you notice, see here, they don't encounter Jesus. This is number nine. They get there, and they and they see the tomb is empty, and they observe it, and then they leave. So maybe Peter and John went there and left before Mary. That it doesn't have to be that way. You know, uh, but they didn't run into each other. At least the record doesn't show us Peter and John running into Mary. They they could have crossed. Uh, they could have crossed while they're heading back to the city. She's coming back out. Uh, we we don't have. A, I don't think we have enough detail to figure that out. But we know if Mary is alone with the angel here and Jesus in this encounter. So now we're we're. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, number nine. Peter and John arrive at the tomb. They enter, they see the, they see the linen cloths and the headband neatly placed, but they don't see Jesus. And at this point, John may have believed and understood that Jesus was risen. We'll study that more next week. It's not clear that Peter believed at this point, though he is wondering what this could possibly mean and they head back to the city. John chapter 3, verses 10. Uh, let's read that. that. That gives us this encounter with the empty tomb. Peter therefore went out. And they, okay, they ran together, and Peter came to the tomb first. Uh, verse 5. And he, 
no, no, no. They ran together. The other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. I'm sorry. And he, the other disciple, John, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloth lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Okay, now we're going to return to this passage and go through the significance of these details, but right now we're, we're getting the chronology. So, so that's this incident right here. They arrive, they go in the tomb, and they observe all that stuff, and, they, and it says they went back to their homes. <clears throat> we're going to talk about that phrase a little bit later here. So, all right, so that's number nine on our, on our notes. Okay, number ten. Mary Magdalene is walking back to the tomb. When she arrives the second time, she's the only one there, Peter and John having already left. She stands there sobbing and for the first time looks into the tomb. She sees the two angels and questions them as to where they have taken Jesus' body. While she is there, Jesus speaks to her but she doesn't recognize him at first. Then he exclaims her name in Aramaic, and she realizes it is Jesus. And he tells her to go and tell his disciples that he is ascending to the Father and their Father. John chapter 20, verses, let's read, let's, let's read that. Uh, 20, verse 11 through 17. <clears throat> Now, yeah, but Mary stood outside. Why did I, I uh, bear with me? This is right at the end when the disciples are going to head back. Then, they, then the disciples went away again to their homes. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. Now, I, I guess it's possible that Peter and John just left her there. <laughs> But I don't think they did that. You see, when you read John through here, you don't know whether there's any time between verses 9, 10, and verse 11. You see what I'm saying? Verses 9. Why would they still be there? How could they? Well, Mary maybe showed up. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. You see, you know, they, they, the tomb is empty. They do this. The disciples went away to their own homes. The but, it's a, it's, a, it's a quick transition, but Mary stood outside the tomb as if, as if that's being contrasted with the disciples going away to their homes. Right. When you read that through, if you don't know anything else, you might think that they didn't stay with her, that she was there and they left her there by herself. Wouldn't they see, have seen Jesus two moments later? You would think so. So, yeah, I, I, don't, think, I don't think you can make a case. They're gone before she shows up. I, oh, I see. They it, didn't see her. Right. You see, you oh, see what I'm saying? You're saying that if uh, they were seeing her there, they would have waited for her and gone with her. I, I would think so. Or, yeah... I wonder if that has to be translated as a but. Let me look at something. They all translated as a but, but NIV didn't. See that? Let's see what, what, what the Greek, is there a Greek but in there? Well, there is. You know, there it is right there. I don't have it. That's day. You know, I mean, yeah. So, but you see, they're sensitive to that. See that? They're sensitive to what I'm saying is why they translated that now. 
and to lessen that contrast. Anyways, so thanks for bearing with me. Uh, it's great to pay attention to detail. Drives some people crazy, but <laughs> all right. So Mary is is now going to. Um, all right. But Mary stood outside the tomb, weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. I believe that's the first time she's actually looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head of the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. And did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. She's completely devoted to the Lord. Jesus said to her, Mary. And, and uh, she turned around and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. And we will return to this interaction also and spend some time on it next week. So, okay, Mary Magdalene then, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. All right. Uh, yes. So let's flip back to our diagram for a second. So we're right here. Mary, the angels, as well as Jesus. And now she's heading back to the city again. Are you going to cover, when you talk about that scene, um, Jesus' appearance to Mary more next week? Is that what you're going to do? The what? The... Jesus' appearance to Mary there? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And their interchange. I had some questions about that. All yeah, time. yeah. We're going to go back. We're going to go back to each of those sections and slow down and, you know, uh, go. Yeah. I'm, I, right now we're just trying to connect all of this together you know, through that first Sunday. So Mary is now on her way back uh, to the city again. Uh, so that's number 11. Uh, and John twenty eighteen. 18. Uh, what does that tell us? Yeah, and John just says, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Okay, so uh, let's go now, uh, my note, uh, paragraph 12. At this point, mid-morning, question mark, the women, at this point, the women, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome, and probably Joanna, at this point, the women have seen the empty tomb, the angels, and Jesus at this point. Peter and John have only seen the empty tomb at this point in, in the record. Now, number 13, at some point Sunday morning, maybe mid-morning, according to Luke, we find Salome, Joanna, and Mary James's mother Having been reunited with Mary Magdalene, we find all of the women, and they are now with the 11 apostles present and all the rest. 
This is the day meeting on my, my chart there, the day meeting. Word has obviously been spreading around among, spreading among the disciples. And so when we get to that point here, we have the, the four ladies, the eleven apostles, and all the rest, Luke says. No, Jesus doesn't appear to them. He appears to Peter. No. Jesus met them and greeted them. You missed one. I missed one. Matthew and Luke reported. A midday meeting. Yes. The, the reason we know it's midday or morning is because right. they hadn't yet reported to the uh, priest. I will correct that. Matthew 28 At, and 8. Okay. At this meeting, they all refused to believe. Sure. Okay. So, so that must be later. That must be later than what, what I'm going to give you right here. Okay. Yeah. I just want to let it question out. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's get through. Oh, I got to put another meeting in. That's fine. Um, okay. This meeting, uh, number 13 on our notes is coming from Luke. Uh, yeah, Luke. This is Luke twenty four nine through twelve. Luke twenty four nine through twelve. Uh, let me back up here. Okay. All right. Remember the ladies. They remembered his words, and they returned from the tomb, and they told all these things to the eleven and all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James. Luke is now mentioning the names, okay? Uh, Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales and they did not believe them, okay? So this is a public meeting. They're all gathered together. Maybe it is mid-morning. So they won't believe the witness of the women. Okay? But Peter arose and ran to the tomb. Now this is difficult. This is the one thing I said. I think there's one thing that might be un- I can't unreconcilable. But I have a, a proposed solution. But I'm the none of, my, none of the commentaries I read propose a solution I'm going to propose. I just need to warn you about that. When I come up with something that nobody else has come up, I always want to warn you. You know, with the 2,000 years of church history, you know, and when you come up with something that's maybe brand new, you kind of you got to be careful. <laughs> Not that I haven't read all the books of the 2,000 years, but I'm going to suggest that Peter might have made a second second trip to the tomb after he heard the after he heard the report of the ladies see he busts out of this meeting and goes to the tomb the way the way it is in here in Luke see that all these words seemed like idle tales and they did not believe them but Peter arose and ran through the tomb and stooping down he saw the linen cloth so uh, let, let me let me follow my own notes here for a moment to make sure I I don't go too far astray. Yeah, this is the day meeting. Word's obviously been spreading because now we have the 11 and the rest. So there's more disciples. We know Cleopas and the other disciple are part of the rest. And none of them believe. And okay, so, but Peter arose and ran to the tomb. So this running to the tomb at this time seems unreconcilable with John's order of the events. That's the difficulty. In Luke's account, Mary Magdalene has already seen Jesus. And she's one of the ladies here that is telling the group that Jesus is risen. So in Luke's account, Mary has already seen Jesus. Um, but in John's account, Mary hasn't, you know, in John's account, Mary hasn't seen Jesus. So, so Peter 
leaving this day meeting and running to the tomb seems misplaced unless Peter ran a second time to the tomb after hearing this added testimony of the ladies. John's account and Luke's are slightly different. In John's, Peter enters the tomb. In Luke's, Peter stoops and sees the linen cloth and departs. Luke 24.13 He still hasn't seen the Lord. However, sometime from this point to evening, Jesus appears to Peter individually. Uh, We'll look at that down lower here. So, in favor of Peter going twice, do Peter and John return to their own homes at the time, at this time of this daytime meeting? But, But returning to their own homes can also be translated differently, literally returning to their own or returning to where they were staying. It's unlikely they had homes in Jerusalem. See? So at this meeting, they won't, they won't believe. All of, all of them there are, are, not, are not believing. Now, the other thing that happens at, at this meeting, and uh, number 15, and let me go to that diagram, is these guys are in this meeting, and they depart to the road to um, on the road to Emmaus. So, verse fourteen here. Much of the latter part of Sunday morning must have been spent discussing the empty tomb, which Peter and John and the women have seen, and the reports of the women. One thing is certain. I want to say this before we go on. One thing is certain. No one, no one, friends or enemies, men or women, were expecting Jesus to rise from the dead. Not the women, not the disciples, not the enemies. Nobody worth expecting that. Now, let's pick up um, <clears throat> the guys that are bailing, at, jump, bailing, leaving town. So, in spite of the women's reports, <laughs> two disciples, Cleopas and an unnamed disciple, leave Jerusalem Sunday afternoon and head to the road to Emmaus. So, Luke continues his account. We're still following Luke's account here. Okay, Peter arose, went to the tomb, marveled what has happened. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to the village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. So they're now leaving the city, heading to the road to Emmaus. So, in spite of the angel's word to the women, which they surely, with the women, obeyed, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. He'll go before you in Galilee. In spite of Jesus' words to the women, the women, which they surely obeyed, do not be afraid. Go tell my brethren, go to Galilee, and they will see me there. In spite of all of that, Cleopas and another disciple leave Jerusalem, and they don't head for Galilee. <laughs> They head for they head for a mass. Now, sometime after that, after Cleopas leaves Jerusalem, heading to Emmaus, Jesus encounters them. Right? You all you all know that. Right? They go over here and they don't go to, they don't reach there on the road to Emmaus they they go 7 miles they reach an inn and Jesus is talking with them and they have dinner together and when Jesus breaks bread they recognize him and they return that and then they return so um uh let's see let's look at that we won't read that whole passage but let's let's just get the connecting verses 24, 13. Yeah, we've already read that. And they're, and they're going there. And Jesus begins to interact with them. Go, we'll go through this in detail, Lord willing, in the weeks ahead. 
And okay, now here's why I know they were in that public meeting, okay? It, it just said they left Jerusalem, but Luke clarifies it here for us. As Jesus is talking to them, this is that daily meeting on my chart, they're saying, we were hoping that, that it was he who was going to redeem Israel and deceive. besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women among our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not see the body, they were saying they also saw a vision of angels that he was alive. So Cleopas and an unnamed disciple with the eleven and the rest are all together sometime on Sunday, late Sunday morning, I don't know. And at that point, None of them, including Peter, has seen, the only people that have seen the Lord at that point on my chart are the women. And all of the men refuse to believe. And these guys actually leave the city after hearing the testimony of the women. Alright? So, maybe that's where we should stop. And so I can study Matthew 25 verse 8 uh, that you guys have pointed out to me. 28.8. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, let's, I'm, I'm going to throw 28.8 up right now. The connection to them coming out of the tomb is really close. Even if it's not... Minutes, yeah, but... Really but this is a... You're saying this is an appearance to Peter? No. no, no I don't know about Peter. You were saying you don't have this appearance of Jesus marked on your... Oh, let's see. No, I I think it's this one. Isn't it? Isn't it this one? Right here, this one. Oh, but your timing chronologically has it now showing up later because you presented everything else and then that meeting happened. Uh, number five. No, this is before that meeting. Let's see. Let me. Do I have Matthew twenty-eight? Let me. Let me back up. Matthew. Yeah. Well, I got Matthew twenty-eight nine through ten. Matthew, you know, later Matthew twenty-eight passages though happening. Let's uh, see. Are you saying that my order? Yeah, I, I did. I did realize that's how you got the uh, chronology. Hmm. Yeah, maybe this is confusing. Um, so yeah, I think the appearances are uh, the first appearance. That's still a J meeting, though, right? That's like this meeting. Well, no, the J up there. Oh, that's that's pretty early. Uh, that's pretty early in the morning. The very next thing that happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's we don't honestly nothing else happens in Matthew until they go to Galilee. It's a problem. That's correct. That, that's correct. That detail, yeah. This is in Matthew. Yeah. Then that's it yeah. for Matthew. Yeah. Until they go to Galilee. Right. right. Okay. I I I'm my I don't feel as bad now. Okay. I, m maybe this order. Yeah. We're going pretty fast, Thank but you. so the appearances are. Um, to the to the ladies without Mary Magdalene, that's happening early in the morning, right? They go they go there early at sunrise. The tombs open. Mary Magdalene leaves. The ladies go in. The angels appear to them. They're super excited. They believe. On their way back, Jesus actually meets them. So I think. That's the first appearance. I think they were the first ones to see the resurrected Christ. And that's early in the morning still. Right? It, it, I mean, it has to be. Uh, so they go back into the city. And then meanwhile, Mary go, is going back. Mary talks to Peter. Peter and John come out. And, and Mary goes back. So the second appearance is to Mary Magdalene. Okay? Jesus' second appearance is to Mary Magdalene when she goes back. She goes back to the city. They all build up here, and the ladies all end up here together. 
So Mary Magdalene is now reunited with the other ladies, and the four of these ladies are telling them everything that they've seen. That would include not only seeing Jesus, but the angel. That would include two testimonies of seeing Jesus. Those three ladies saw Jesus there. Mary Magdalene saw Jesus there. And it would include, all of the women would testify to seeing angels. These ladies saw the angels here. Mary Magdalene saw the angels here. So that's their testimony to this meeting sometime during the day. We know Cleopas was there because he said, some women among us amazed us, <laughs> and they said they had seen angels and that he, was, that he was risen. Now, what we're not getting to is somewhere in the afternoon here, Jesus appears to Peter. And it's already 8.12, so we got to stop. We couldn't quite get all the way down, down through here, but we're, we're close. Are, are we good? Okay. <laughs> all right. Any questions or comments? Anybody? And we'll, we'll hit those individual encounters in, in, in some detail, but we'll have kind of the, the framework here to to deal with those. All right. Okay, I've, I've been trying to go fast. I don't normally go quite this fast, but uh, uh, let's uh, lead us in prayer, Brian, as, as we finish. Let's pray. Dear Lord, dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in utter amazement and are um, just floored by uh, what you did um, in humanity and, th and that event, Lord. It's so hard to even put into words, Lord. Um, but, Lord, we acknowledge that you have given us faith to believe, and we believe it. These things happened. Lord, you acted in history, and your Holy One, your Anointed One said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Mm. And those who have eyes to see, let them see, Lord. Let us see this. Let us, Lord, not get uh, too tangled up, but be in utter amazement at how you did reveal yourself, Lord, at how you tested their faith. Indeed, Lord, every single instance was deliberate. Everything you did, every angel that you sent to those people, Lord, was very deliberate and had a purpose, Lord. And you used it, Lord, to take these people of very little faith, None of his enemies believed it could happen. None of his friends, mm. none of the rich people, none of the poor people, none of those that had seen him and heard him say that he would rise again believed that it would happen, Lord. And so you tested them so that when you revealed yourself, they were given a faith, Lord, that could not be robbed, Lord, and that is the foundation for the witness that we believe and uh, you have done this all for your for your own glory. Uh, Lord, there's nothing else that we can say. We could never come up with this kind of kind of way of of acting. Um, Lord, it, it is humbling to think how we go through life and um, and seek after such petty things when you do amazing things like this, mm -hmm. Lord. and And this is the hope upon which our um, our weak minds and bodies rest, Lord, as we go through life and we think about the future and the resurrection, Lord. We dwell on your resurrection, how you were able to, when you rose, death had no power over you. You could appear and do what you wanted in a true humanity. Thank you for recreating the human race as the true second Adam, as a, as a true man. And I pray that you would bless us all as we are encouraged by this and bless us this week as we give glory to you and proclaim the good news of what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.